Testing, testing, one, two, three. Good morning, George. What's going on in the morning brew today? Oh, man, in the morning brew, we have a couple of things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Frank Miller and his philosophy on creating comics versus uh, movies and TV shows. And we're going to be talking about the DC debacle. And we're going to be talking about a topic, you know, should you change your, uh, I guess, your concept for your comic book when you uh, when you release it for to appease the, the, the public. So we're going to be talking about that and, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. So get ready, chat, get ready. Get your coffee. Let's do this. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the morning brew with the crazy crew. Yes, I'm yes, indeed. Your host with the most the crazy men. <laughs> <laughs> and I am George the Dreamer Medina. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the morning brew, like Sam said, with the crazy crew. We are coming back to you live. It's Thursday morning. Hope everybody's having a great morning. It's a beautiful day here in New York. And uh, you know, I'm back in my car, back in my office. And uh, we're going to be talking today about stuff that you may already know, but you know what? We're going to discuss it, pop culture, things like that. We have a topic that we're going to be discussing. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the channel. Right. Give us a like, comment below, hit the bell so you know when we are going live, which is every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Make sure you do that. Um, and so here we are. Here we are. Another Thursday morning, Sam. We are chilling, talking about you know, what's going on in comics, what's going on with our stuff, and uh, yeah, what's going on with you, homie? What's going on with me? Um, what's going on is that uh, getting ready for to start shipping out issue two of There's Nailing in My Toilet, so that'll be going out in a few days, and uh, that's exciting, and getting ready to um, launch issue three, issue three of There's an Alien in My Toilet, um, launches on Kickstarter on the 20th. And I'm excited about that. We got 16 people who signed up in two days. Thanks you so much. We're up to 16% fuel level. So we need to get 100% fueled um, to get duty uh, to travel again back to his new destination. Um, and uh, so, and why why new destination? Uh, let's see. Collector Detectors. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, yeah, so why does duty need to travel to a new destination? Well, there's a, there's two books on this campaign on issue three. There's Aichiwawa, where duty finally gets into a residential home where he meets Herman the Chihuahua, who thinks duty's a talking jalapeno. And there's a bonus second book, which is a stretch goal, um, which is duty's monsters on planet Cthulhu. So this is the duty's second adventure after his stint on earth, and um, you know, some of the um uh citizens of uranus went missing and duty felt it's his responsibility to go and find them even though he's just a teenager and he goes on this adventure to this planet on the outer rim not realizing what uh, he's about to encounter so he needs um he needs some help to get away and so if you sign up to the campaign there's an alien in my toilet right now with the landing page on kickstarter if you sign up and you dm me and you say hey sam or if you're if you're in watching this live you say, hey, I just signed up. Send me your email and I'll send you this digital print of Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. Now, if you sign up and then you back it physically, you'll get that print, which is a 7 by 10 print, um, um, nice hard cardstock, high gloss, and you'll get that as well in your rewards packet. So there's a lot to offer. Um, I will be sending out. What's up, ASAP? Good morning. Good morning. Paul, what's going on, my man? And uh, yes, I will be sending out also those of you who do sign up and send me an email. When I send you this, you're also going to get an invite. So a week before the launch, those who accept the invite will get a preview of what's to come on the campaign. So you get an inside look at some of the pages and some of the reward tiers and all that stuff. Is you'll get a, a before look before everybody else does on the campaign. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, you know, so this. Um, um, duties monsters is a 24 page full color story um so is um 
issue number three, Aichiwawa. And uh, there's a lot more on the campaign. You're going to meet uh, new characters like the three Ds, which is Dee Dee, Dolly, and Daisy. Um, you're going to meet Cheeks, which is uh, Duty's best friend. Um, you're going to meet a whole lot of new characters. So it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, good stuff, Sammy. Good stuff. Yeah, so make sure you sign up uh, for some free stuff. Uh, good stuff going on there. Also, just real quick, um, because Mr. ASAP Imagination, Paul Hades is on the, on the chat. Um, he does have something coming up on August 26th, celebrating his two-year anniversary, and he will have uh, what's called N Anyone Con. Now, we did uh, play the video on a future show. You guys will see it. There's a video he sent us. However, there is music to the video, so and it's copyrighted music, so we can't play it on the show. So, right. Paul, if you're watching, if you can send us one without maybe the music, we can you know show it up on the screen. But that's happening uh, August 26th, guys, so make sure that you follow paul on social media at asap imagination and get all of the information for that that's coming up august 26 big shout out to him congratulations sir two years of uh grinding it out here in the comic right. book industry so congratulations that is a big big accomplishment big shout out to anibal arroyo who's also in the in the chat and uh sebastian i believe from nerds of the round is that you Bass, or is that tone or is that uh uh law i'm not sure but uh welcome guys to to uh to the show also sam so I was uh, we we had a show. I'll sort it out. Yeah, you got it, Paul. Um, so we we were live last night. We had a very mm -hmm. good show last night. I don't know if you guys uh, checked it out. Fantastic show. If you didn't, yeah. If you missed it, check it out. We had Mike San Martino and his crew, Spooky Two uh, T Two I C Bass. What up? And we <laughs> just called Spooky. Yo, Spooky, <laughs> my man, Spooky. I'm messing up your name every time. Yeah. And Allie were on the show. They were talking about their stuff. And um, so we had a nice little live, you know, live conversation with the Technogods uh, uh, crew. They have a book. Issue number three is out right now. They have a whole bunch of stuff going on. But uh, we were talking to them. And, and right before they came on, we were talking about, you know, what's going on with the uh, with uh, the Adventures of Wonder Dog. So for those who are watching the show, you also know that when I got back from vacation, there was a bunch of packages at my door uh, from me. Everything was returned to sender. Anything I sent out to you guys for the for the campaign was sent back to me because they deemed that it wasn't media mail because they were comics. Apparently, the post office can open it up. When it says media mail, they figured it was comics. They sent everything returned to sender. One of the ones that was returned to sender was yours, Sam, which actually worked out. It worked out. I'm going to tell you why it worked out. And, tell you uh, why. I'll tell you why. And, uh, <laughs> but before I tell you why... I oh, want geez. to say that I was at Terrificon this weekend, mm -hmm. and I hung out with a lot of incredible um, artists and creators that I haven't seen in a while. Keith Gleason was one of them. Uh, Johnny C was one of them from Indie Comics Relay. Check them out. Um, we hung out with, obviously, Aníbal was there, Aníbal Arroyo, Jonathan Syfax, Omar Solis. But uh, Keith Murphy, I haven't seen in a while, was there. Hector Rodriguez was there. Hector gifted me a couple of things that he brought with me okay and the reason why i say that it was a good thing that yours was returned sam is because now i get a chance to send you this and if you give me the screen please i would appreciate that if you just give me the screen uh, uh collected detectives at uh oh what uh, up yo damn i missed you so let's see give him give the, me, screen. Give the screen give me the screen please all right because mr hector rodriguez sent this to me gave me this wow and said do me a favor can you uh send that out to sam and so but being that you're being that you're uh Damn. yeah we can, we can go back right i figured i'd get you excited Damn. um oh yeah oh yeah i feel the love oh what? kate that's keith over here collecting detectives <laughs> he's in, he's in the shadows yo he's in the shadows. <laughs> bro hector definitely definitely hooked it up so yeah, i'm gonna, I'm, man, gonna, I'm, gonna is, include, I'm like emotional it's like, i'm gonna i'm gonna include this i i almost i thought about keeping this crap um <laughs> i'll find you <laughs> i have a unique set of skills ah, yeah baby <laughs> so um so yeah so he, he said so this is gonna go in your package so i guess it worked out the fact that yours never made it out but that um, is dope that right, I'm putting it oh. right next to the the original piece that I need. Bro, how yo, dude, it is it is a piece and a half. He also gave me um a, a bunch of other stuff. He morning, he gave brother. me, oh, good morning. He gave, he gave me um you know just the you know the uh, the print that I was doing the for the stretch goals with the ape fighting Wonder Duck. The yeah. original the original of that I have wow. yeah in the eleven by seventeen man that it looks incredible. So yeah, he hooked it up. So big shout out to uh. 
to Hector, who's doing his thing. Big shout out to Keith, who's also they they did great at the show. I think they have a book called um, uh, Road to Valhalla, which issue number three, the final issue is coming out on Kickstarter. So make sure you check that out. But for my uh, Wonder Duck fans, make your stuff is coming. Uh, stuff came back in the mail, but I am sending it back out, and you guys will be receiving it within the next couple of weeks, hopefully, as long as nothing else gets returned. So, <laughs> yeah, see, he had a good yes. show. So terrific, but Terrific Con was a good show, bro. Like, and we were talking about this briefly yesterday. And part of it, man, as as an indie, is just being around other indies, just being mm. around the guys. That's yeah. that's part of the what the fun, and that's what I missed about conventions is not just the fans, but the camaraderie. You know, hanging out with the fellas. Uh, oh man, post office is hating big yeah, so, time. See, yeah, that's yeah, big so, time, bro. So George, George had. Um, uh, I'm in Texas, buddy. <laughs> uh, George had the the postman come over to his house. It's like, um, return to sender. Address unknown. Do -do 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 -do. No such number. No such zone. <laughs> Who? Elvis was damn. shaking the feather. <laughs> we 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 just lost three viewers on that song. God damn. Like, I got a letter in God. the mail. Oh, just Jesus the day. Christ. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Sorry, uh, guys. Unbelievable. I apologize. It's early Biggie in the morning. Is the illest. It's early in the morning. You know me, I gotta have a jiggle somewhere. Yes. <laughs> easy. Easy. Um, yes. So that's what's going on with that. But yeah, no, but, but back to the uh, to the conventions, man. Like, and I'm looking forward to it next year. Why are you laughing, bro? Chapstick to making Yeah, thanks. Keith, thank you. Talk some sense into this man, please. Um, but yeah, no, Terrific Con was awesome, bro. Terrific Con was awesome. Sam, you should you should really think about coming out. To the I East told Coast you if I do terrific uh, if I ever do terrific uh, next year, I threw out a little gem yesterday. I said, you know what? I'll buy a few poker chips, and then I'll say, you know, for every book that you buy from my from me, you'll be put into a raffle, and every two hours I'll have a raffle for a poker chip. So for all so those people get a uh, twofer, they get to go gamble and they get a comic. So that, that's how I capitalize on something like that in that kind of venue. Yeah, it, you know, and at first, and, and I was talking to Anibal, and we were talking about this yesterday. See, that's heading to a small New York con August what? August 13th. All right. That's what's up. Yeah. What's up? Damn, August 13th. That's that's this weekend, right? That's this weekend. That's that's, yeah. that's yeah, 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 yeah. All right. That's what's up, bro. Yeah, what, what convention is that, Seabass? Let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, what was I saying? Um no clue. No, I was saying, no, no, I was saying, yeah, because you don't listen, you jerk off. Um <laughs> so I gotta mute his mic. Hold on, maybe mute that mic. <laughs> so um no, no. What I was saying was at this convention at first, and we were talking about that yesterday, I was talking to Aníbal about this, was, you know, oh, you know, people leave and go gamble, they don't come back, whatever. But you know what, dude? Like, there was a lot of foot traffic. And, and again, location, location, location. It also depends where you're at and how you work that space. Uh, but you you've got to have to constantly be selling. That, that's just the whole thing. Is you just you have to hustle. sell, sell, sell. Yeah, you have to do what you have to do at these conventions. Um, it's a job. You know, you're clocking in and you're there. So you have you got to be you that. Uh, uh, you got to be the the obnoxious new vendor on the block, right? So you got establishments already been there. You got Johnny's Pizzeria. You got, uh, you know, Kim's Korean Barbecue. You got, you know, whatever. Everything's been there, established. And here comes this new new cat coming in with some california spring rolls and whatever it is and open up shop and you got to be aggressive so you got to have a marketing campaign you got to have people walking up and down the block going to parks going to the gyms having up you know networking with the local fitness centers and say yo you know if your members you know for the first 30 days they'll get a 10 percent discount at my stair stone i just opened up you got to think outside the box um because you can't assume everybody's going to know who you are when you're going to these new venues <laughs> in the middle of nowhere yeah, you know, yesterday, Geek Savage Staten Island, nice. Um, yesterday, we had Mike San Martino on the show with uh, with the Technogods crew. And they were talking, they did their first convention at, uh, what was it, uh, Garden State, Garden yeah. State Comic Con or whatever in, mm -hmm. in New Jersey. That was at uh, last last month, July. And he he was going after this one, um, this one person who every time they came by the table, he was telling them, hey, He's are you rising. buying the book? Are you buying the book? Are you buying the book? Until finally on, on Sunday, the kid bought the book. Right. Now, Listen, it may not work for everybody. You have to have the personality to do it. And that's the thing. Sometimes you can come off too overbearing. So if you, you have to kind of know 
your audience and know what you can get away with when you cannot get away with. Um, and it and was also this, and I'm sure that he established some sort of rapport because I remember at the fan expo, um, there was this couple and they, they the first day, cause fan expo was three days and the first day they showed up and they were like, um, you know, we're just, we're just trying to get our bearings and figuring out what everything is, you know, you know, but, um, we'll be back on Sunday. I said, well, that's exciting. I can't wait because you're going to love this book. Right. That's all I said. Right. So I planted that seed. They go, oh, he was nice. Right. And so it was that last impression. So Sunday they came back. We promised we were coming back. We're here. And I'm like, boom. And and so it, it all, because sometimes you'd be like, okay, why don't you just bite now? You know, uh, you know, it's like, but we're I'm right here right now. Or you can just try to establish a report. Oh, what are you here for? Oh, we're here. For, we're, you know, we're really want to get a signature from this person or whatever. Oh, that's really cool. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, are there lines? You know, start a conversation. Show some interest in them. Yeah, it's, it's approach. It's the approach, yeah. right? So it, it's how you, it's how you, like, in other, in other words, your approach was that. Just be, you know, you're being... Mike's approach is more jokey, you know, yeah. more jokey. Right? Yeah. You know, so you got to find so what really, works for you. Exactly. It, it's your approach. It's, it goes with your personality, who you are, um, that kind of thing. But there, there, there are so many ways to sell a book. It's, you know, we can go into like, you know, millions of ways to sell a book. But that's the, that, but the bottom line is you have to sell it and you have right. to find a way to sell those things. But yeah, no, Terrific Con was awesome, bro. Like, I think it, it's something I definitely would like to do next year. I think I, I would even go a day before the convention starts just to kind of hang out and then get into the convention so that you have a day kind of like to do your thing. Because Mohegan Sun is, is, is a good time. It's, it's fun. Um, Alex Rivera was there. Uh, the, uh, for those who don't know, he's an anchor. Has done a lot of stuff for, for indies and things like that. And bro, he he hit up a club. <laughs> Alex hit up a club. Yeah. Like, you, guys go, you guys are going to sleep? Nah, I'm going in here. And he had he hit up a club, had a good time, you know, and he was back at work the next day. So the, you know, and that's the kind of thing that that everybody just, you know, we went out for dinner that one night and you know, everybody just kind of did their thing. It was like it was good. Ten o'clock bedtime. <laughs> it, it was it, it was a good time. No, it, it was definitely, definitely a good time. So but, you know, more but speaking things. of Speaking of cons, <laughs> Yo, if you're going to be in the hold, Dallas area, hold, hold on. Hold on, Kevin. I, I mean, Keith what? said Alex is hard to keep up with. He's a maniac. Yeah, he yeah, is. No. He is a so maniac. He's a if maniac. If you're going to be in Texas on the 20th and the 21st, <laughs> I'll be at the Arlington Comic Fest and on the 27th at the uh, Denton Comic Art Exposition. And then in October, I'll be at the Dallas Fan Festival. It's a three-day event. And then Caltown Comic Con. And I'll be there with Paul Gomez, who currently has a Kickstarter called Bushy boot. Um, so uh, check yeah, boot and check that out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to those events. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a maniac and he's a he likes ladies. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, she's a fun. lady. He's whoa, fun, whoa, whoa, she's a lady. Yeah, <laughs> nah, he's a he's a good dude. He's a good dude. But yeah, so no, no. So that's that's what's going on uh, with uh, the craze and everything we we we're doing for next year. Um, comics, mm-hmm. movies. You know, that's that's a big thing. Um, and so let's when we get into our first topic for today, Sammy, you had something that you, we were talking about before we came on. Yeah, Frank Miller was at the was San Diego Comic Con, and yes. uh, basically he said uh, he explains how comics and movies convey emotions differently. And um, he spoke with uh, comic book resources, uh, discussing his thoughts on the strengths of the artistic forms. Comics are a very good medium for expressing intense emotion, Miller said. Um, they're really best at expressing more intense and melodramatic emotion. They're better th- at that than they are um, at the more subtle emotions in that arena. Prose fiction is so much better. And in cinema, and cinema is so much better. There's nothing like a real actor's face to break your heart or draw you in. Yeah, like in Braveheart when he shouted out freedom. Oh my God, I cried like a baby. Um, you know, so, and then our crumb quoted. Um, to Zap Comics, he's saying, it's only lines on paper, folks. To illustrate the approach to detail that uh, allow, uh, the medium allows, you have to strike with a brush and evoke um, and know what you're doing uh, is laying down clues with each brush stroke that the, re- um, that the reader, without thinking about it, pieces together. A mosaic that makes them feel something. The comic book happens in the reader's hand much more than it does on the page. I like that because... And we say that a lot. Like, for instance, when we read, read the Da Vinci Code, that, that's a, it's a book. I seen everything playing out. You know, I, most of the work is happening in my imagination because you're reading the book, you, you, you're, you're, you're buying into the characters, all these things. So when I saw Da Vinci Code, the movie, it failed me, right? I was like, wait, they didn't, it's not like 
the, the, the movie. So what do you think? Do you think um, uh, th there's two different statements, uh, one from Frank Miller and R. Crumb? What, what's your opinion? So well, the so, so so surmise the Frank Miller statement because that was a little unclear. Basically, he says comics are a good medium for expressing intense emotion. Um, they're they are really best at expressing more intense and melodramatic emotion. They're better at that than they are at the more subtle emotions. So basically, um, what he's saying is you can capture like a a shock scene or angry whatever, but the subtleties, the things that lead up to it, the things that you won't get, the little anecdotes that you'll get in a film that you can't convey in a comic book. Um, you know, uh, uh, I think he's spot on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think because there's still images, right? In in the, in the movies, everything is it's moving. It's a moving thing. So you so you can lead up to certain things, whereas right. you could build the emotion. Yeah, yeah, whereas in a comic book, it's it's the payoff. It's the bam. It's the, it's the one shot that you have uh, to make that you know to make that impression on, on the reader to let you know what's going on. So yeah, it's very. I mean, it's it's absolutely very different, and he's spot on with that. I, I I don't disagree with that. And then what's the other one? The other one was, R. Crumb says, um, it's the reader, um, who has the biggest job because it's their imagination, um, yeah. that 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 is really, um, driving the story because you, there's only so much you can do with a comic, and it's the reader who's going to be able to, I guess, fill the gaps. But when you're talking about a comic versus prose or something, is that what no, he, he basically he just said, um, R. Crumb just said it's um, it's only lines on paper, folks. To illustrate the approach to detail uh, that the medium allows, you have to strike with your brush and invoke and know that you're doing what you're doing is laying down clues with each brushstroke um, that the reader, without thinking about it, pieces together. Right. So basically, you see, like for instance. You got a scene, you know, you got a detective and he's walking down, he's going into a building, an abandoned building. He's looking for a missing person or whatever it is. And the building's dark. And, you know, and so the reader is saying, oh, what's behind that door? Or, you, right, so now you're, you, you, your job as the illustrator, you you know, there's so many pieces you're going to miss, like the heartbeat, the pacing, the the, 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 the fear factor. You know, there's only so many scenes you can you can focus on the, the the detective's face, right? You have to get the scene, the setting, all that stuff. So it's up to the reader to be able to piece those other pieces together. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when as a writer, you have to, and when you're collaborating with an artist, you, you have to kind of, you guys have to work together to do to do that, right? To 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 make sure that that the reader understands. I think one one of the things that maybe when we're still learning how to write comics and we're still learning how to draw comics is we leave too many things out or we skip things. And so sequential art is something that's very hard to master for a brand new artist that just, that, that comes with time. I mean, some, sometimes you have that talent and you just, you just know how to, how to tell, you know, story sequentially, but that's big. Like the sequential art, you, you know, the, the storytelling, you know, the art of storytelling sequentially is something that that's an art form, man. And and if you don't know what you're doing, you that that's what happens. You lose the the, the reader because they don't know what to what to look at next. And so you have to be mindful of like, okay, this thing has to move, and the eye has to move. And obviously here we read you know from left to right, so you have to make sure that the eye is moving on the page. Sometimes you know when you don't know what you're doing yet, you miss that. And yeah, it, it is the artist's job to to kind of like fill in the blanks, but um. But I, I don't. I don't think you leave it up to the reader to figure everything out. Sometimes, no, sometimes I think the, the reader's I mean? going to fill in the parts that you, are, you ain't unable to convey if you did it right. So if the if the artist and the writer yeah. did their job together in unison, then the reader's going to fill the gaps, right? The reader's going to fill those missing. It's going to be part of it. It's almost like you know you're in the story, um, and I think that's what they're trying to say is you know there's only so much you can do on on a static piece of paper. Um, you need the the the, the buy-in of the audience. Um, because they're going to fall in love with the character, they're going to, they're going to want to try to determine what happens next. They're going to try to create an identity, you know, what they think is an identity for the character, you know. Um, and I think that's what they're saying, and the, uh, at least our crumb is saying. Yeah, and big shout out to the chat, man. You guys are blowing it up. Bonibo is saying he's going clubbing with Alex next time for sure. Got to have a gallon of caffeine to stay up. Uh, yeah, yeah, to keep up with with uh, with Alex, you're gonna have to have some something. You gotta be drinking something. And Something. the funny thing is, the funny thing is, he's not a big drinker anymore. So he's in there with his uh, with his, with his seltzer water and lime, you know, making it look like it's a it's a hardcore drink. So he, he knows how to 
he knows how to how to figure that it's out. It's also what, yeah, that's like, that's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, no, no. I mean, that that's interesting. I, I think that, and, and to your point about movies versus books, mm-hmm. it's always gonna be it's always gonna be different. And what what was this? It's about capturing the major in between moments, the ones with the most information in each panel. Yeah. yeah. Comics are the beautiful bridge between prose and film. Storyboards in action. Absolutely. Unsung heroes. Unsung heroes. I I think that comics, and maybe it's because we're in it, they don't get like the, everything that we watch on TV. A lot of the things that we're watching on TV now, for example, Miss Marvel, whether it's on Disney Plus, whether it's, you know, whether it's on, on Amazon Prime. A lot of the things that we're watching now on TV came from comics, right? There's a lot because, of TV. There's a lot of things on TV that came from yeah, comics that we're not even yeah, aware of because that, they, were, they were alternative exa- comics or in, you know independent. Exactly, exactly. So when you think about that, you know somebody saw that and 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 and, and to and to Paul's point, they were storyboards. To them, they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do this. We can. Now we were we were at a at a at a panel uh, with Garth Ennis. And Garth Ennis, obviously, for those who don't know, and I'm sure a lot of you do know, he is the writer and creator of The Boys, which is right now on on Amazon Prime. It's and he said, for the boys. and he said something interesting. He said that because they asked him about, you know, how does he feel about The Boys being different than what he wrote on the page? And his attitude was, listen, in in in, in and I'm paraphrasing. It's not what he said, but I'm paraphrasing. He basically said, I'm the expert when it came to writing the comic. The producers and those guys, those are the experts in 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 creating the the, the show. Yeah. Now, the producers of the boys also produced uh, Supernatural, which obviously went had what speaking like a hundred seasons. So he understands that those guys know how to create a story for TV or for mm-hmm. whatever that will make that property last longer than he would be able to tell them how to do if he tried to you know throw his hat into the ring of hey now I'm a, you know I know what to do on TV. He understands. I don't know that that monster you guys handle that i'm going to keep handling my books and we're going to be okay so he doesn't he doesn't feel any type of way when they change his stuff from well that's a smart approach i had that conversation with uh with somebody in um in the film industry and my thing was my goal is to do what i do with what i with my comics but to partner with experts in their field and allow them to take it to the next stage that I'm unable to do. You have to be smart enough to understand that when you partner with experts, you have to trust those experts because they have a track record, whatever. As long as the there, you can still identify the core essence of what you've created, um, you got to let people, because they understand how the, that, that arena works. I don't know anything about film. I don't know anything about NFTs. I don't know anything about you know the, the toy market. You gotta let these people do their jobs, and I think that's the that's the smart approach. I think you 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 find out there's a lot of creators that that they have a heavy hand, but their their properties don't last, um, you know. And so I think that's that, or they failed, or the 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 film failed, or whatever it was, because um, they 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 were so stringent. Um, so you got to be flexible, and I think that was a smart approach. You know, you you were talking about the Da Vinci Code when you read the book versus when you saw the movie. And in this case, and I don't know if it's if it's 100% agrees, the mutual respect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's funny because The Boys, for example, right? The Boys for me, and I read like maybe like the first issue of The Boys, um, just when the when the show came out, just to compare them. And I didn't like it. I, I didn't think the comic book was as good as the show. And I was I was watching a YouTuber. I can't remember his name. I'd like to give him credit. But I was watching a YouTuber. He was breaking down the two things. And he said something about Garth Ennis has like an obvious disdain for superheroes. I mean, obviously, the book is about, you know, superheroes gone bad. And the boys, are you know, are there to kind of, you know, set them in, set them right. So he obviously has a disdain for, for superheroes. So he writes them like buffoons and, you know, just bad characters, which maybe works for the book because you know it's you know he can do whatever he wants you know he just and a lot of it's just shock factor whereas in the in the in the show they fleshed them out more they they gave them arcs they gave them you know things to do whereas in the book he didn't really do because he didn't really care about the the superheroes it was all about the boys who were coming after them so that was interesting that that can change and that Garth Ennis said, hey, dude, that's fine. I did my thing over here. You guys do your thing over there, even despite the fact that it's so different. And they're actually making it better. To me, that that that, that show is really good. I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a, it's a really, 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 uh, really good show. Um, but that, so now you have that. And let's go to the next topic, Sam. 
And that is, what the hell's going on at DC, bro? What's happening at DC? Batgirl just got shelved. Ninety mil, bro. Ninety mil shelved. Shelved. Now, now listen. They're saying that it was because they tested the movie, and they felt that it wasn't doing. It wasn't going to do well. That they they want to they want to um focus on films for the big screen versus you know just streaming service films. And this was an obvious streaming service kind of thing that wasn't going to do well on on the big screen. And so they decided cut our losses. Let's just shelve it. Right now, morning, Jerry. What up, Jerry? Now, what happens then is that. There was another rumor that this is going to be a tax write-off. So they're going to tax, they're going to write off 90 mil, $90 million. You know, that's going to go, you know, hey, listen, we didn't work out. So because they're, they're, they're doing that, they can't sell it. So they can't, we'll never see it. We'll never see it. Maybe not for another 15 years if, if they decide to ever release the, the movie. But, um, but I just thought, man, what the hell's going on at DC, bro? Like they did that to that movie. They did it to Scooby, Scooby 2 or whatever was coming out. That movie is shelved. We don't know what's going to happen with with the other properties that they have out now. You know, you know, it's funny because I was watching Shark Tank. When you talk about that $90 million write-off, I guess Oof. to them it's, it's just a nickel. But I was watching Shark Tank, and there was somebody pitching their product. And John, uh, Diamond, uh, Johnny Diamond, whatever his name is, um, uh, he was berating the person because the person said, you know, she made $3 million in revenue, but, you know, due to operating losses and some some poor decisions, lost $1.5 million, but has a potential earning of this, blah, blah, blah. And, but it's part of doing business as a startup. So he ripped her. It's like, so you think it's it's okay just to lose money? You think you know, other startups listening to you, they think that losing that kind of money is okay, blah, blah, blah. He's ripping her. But obviously in the industry, it's, it's, a, it's, you hear it in the music industry. I got signed to enable. They gave me this money, blah, blah, blah. I've been on the shelf for five years. You tell your whole family my record's coming out and it's never come out because yeah. that's going to interfere with the launch of Beyonce's album or the launch of this album. They don't want that, so they're going to keep you on the shelf. They only signed you for the sake of it. I think what's happening is with this whole new movement in society, I think people made some decisions, right? Last-minute decisions to change up characters or do whatever it is, and then it just didn't it didn't screen right um, well. Right. So in the in the test phase, they were like, it just didn't screen well because they're doing all these lewd things to change things up. And so they shelve it and and they move on to other projects. And then the reason why they can accept losses like that, it's a lot of times when they change leadership. Leadership comes in, that's, scrap yeah, everything, over. And board of directors is like, okay, you know, because we brought you in for, for you know to make changes and that's a radical change. So go ahead and do it. We'll take that loss, we'll write it off. I don't know. Yeah, well, and well, also the rumor is that they're gonna they're gonna try to get rid of HBO Max and move the streaming Stupid. service to Discovery stuff. Plus. So it'll be Discovery Plus. HBO Max goes away and it just becomes Discovery Plus, and that's the streaming service. Which I agree with you. Why would you get rid of HBO Max? HBO is the name. That's the iconic I, brand. I, I, yeah, exactly. HBO is, is the thing. If you are gonna if you are gonna get rid of one, get rid of Discovery Plus. Because yes. do I care about Discovery Plus? It's a whack you, name. First, it, of it all. goes back to brand recognition. You know, yeah. it's like oh, the world knows HBO a lot of it because yes. of of the Sopranos and Game of Thrones and all these iconic films that came from yes. HBO. Why would you go and change it? Because somebody I don't know what it is is all speculation. It could be nepotism, whatever. Somebody said they came up with Discovery Plus. It's not working as well as HBO, so we want to scrap it because of ego. I don't know what it is, but I think um, brand recognition HBO has the bigger. Um, the, the recognition out there. Yeah, there's too many, and, and that's the thing, right? You you figure discovery. There's so many pluses. You got app, you know, you you got you got you know, at Disney Plus. You got now you got Discovery Plus. Like HBO Max was HBO Max. Like yeah. And now I don't know if it's gonna hey, go screw your plus. That's I'm maxed out. Yeah, that that's a rumor. <laughs> we don't know that that's gonna happen. Rumor but I heard, has it. I heard that that was gonna happen. And then the other thing is, you know, you you hate to be you know this conspiracy theorist, but. Apparently, okay. So the Blue Beetles coming out, right? Who's in the Blue Beetle? The 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 the, uh, the main character is the kid from uh, from Cobra Kai. Uh, I forget his name. And so you know he's he's gonna he's gonna be that. They're talking about that they were gonna do a Supergirl movie. Um, the girl's name Sarah Kaye. She's a uh, Colombian descent. That may not happen, right? Obviously, Batgirl was 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 scrapped. The young lady playing Batgirl was of Hispanic descent as well. So like, is this something? Because remember. DC was under or, or, Warner, people, or, or, or Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was under the scrutiny of Ray Fisher saying that there were some 
racist, you know, things happening at, at DC. And the Kevin Feige of DC, who's uh, Walter Hamada, did nothing. So now is it is it overcompensation? Are they saying, okay, fine, we'll give you guys, we'll make those characters, you know, and Hispanic, then we'll scrap and, it. We and said we'll we tried. Right. And we diversify it. And guess what? It didn't, it didn't test well. So we're gonna scrap them, save some money. It's a win-win for everybody when it really isn't because no, it's a bad taste in people's mouths. It leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. So DC, what is going on over there? Now they're also talking about they may they may have to get rid of this Mr. Walter Hamada because they're trying to find their Kevin Feige. They're trying to find somebody who has a clear vision and can direct their movies the right way. Because I've always said this, they have the most iconic characters, Superman, Batman, Wonder. They have the most iconic characters and can't do anything with them. When, you know, Marvel is, is, is making hits with the Guardians of the Galaxy that we never even you know. Most people didn't even know who they were. You know what I mean? And they're doing their thing with I them. I think the difference so, between, I think uh, with Marvel, it's Disney. Disney has, um, it's almost like the mafia. This Disney has a legal team um, like no other. They have global reach and, and they, 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 they're like the tentacles are everywhere, right? So they understand how to play the game. I think with D DC has struggled for years with identity. They struggled with the, for years with Superman's identity, with the Batman movies, with all these things. And, 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 it's, and, and they keep trying to remake these stories or whatever. And, it, and it's because whoever they put at the helm is caught between a rock and a hard place. You got all these voices in your head and then you got to do this and the pressure and the pressure and the pressure. And, you, and I think what happens with, with why, why Disney is so successful is they understand the power of these brands and these characters. And they what they did was... What did they do? They promoted a lot of the the creatives in Marvel into just the film industry, right? And you know, so they had they were in there working hand in hand with the directors and all these producers, and they were making sure that they're giving love to these characters, and they want to make sure they stay as true as possible um, to the characters in DC. They're just trying to figure out what's gonna what's going to compete. Right. with marvel rather than just saying yeah. no superman is iconic if you just stay true Superman has so many stories that you fail to tell uh, because you keep remaking it over and over again they, you're stuck on stupid so i yeah. think that's the problem yeah no I, yeah totally man they're constantly caught following they're trying to follow the leader they're constantly following 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 and when they try to do something different you know it just it just it doesn't, there's no cohesive, un they call it a universe, but the, it, it's not a universe. You look at the Joker, for example, you know, critically acclaimed, you know, Oscar worthy, whatever. But within their universe, it, it doesn't really work. It, it, there's nothing about it. You know what I mean? So I didn't me, recognize this Joker from the, dude, uh, the, the Batman. That, to me, the Joker could have been any character. Yeah, they, they just could, look they like could, a serial killer. It's like a psycho. Yeah, they could have called it a serial killer, and yeah. that would have been fine. The movie yeah. could have been called Serial Killer, and it would have been it would have worked just fine. The fact that the Joker was in it was just let's just throw the Joker in there. I mean, it's the same thing that happened to me with the Batman. I call that movie Seven, and it's and and that's what that was. You yeah. know, I didn't recognize it at all. Right, it's like you got they're trying too hard to be the complete opposite of what marvel is you know marvel is doing the you know they're fun goofy you know you know i go movies. back to that i don't know if i don't know if it was and these guys one. i think it was x-men 2 i think it was x-men 2 when they bought in uh um um what's his name um Bamf. the one with the tail um, yeah yeah, yeah. Nightcrawler. yeah nightcrawler that whole white house scene that was awesome yo my hairs were up I was, was like, whoa, when they introduce awesome. new characters in that's what I love about it. It's like and that wasn't even Marvel yet. That wasn't even MCU. That that oh, was whatever. that was beautiful. Yeah. You know, right? That but they well understood done. the character. That was well they done. They understood yeah. it. So that it was, was well the best, the best of both worlds. You had film and comics came together yeah. and they created such an iconic moment that to this day, I mean, I I, I watch it because of that damn scene was so it reminded me of clear and present danger with the X-Men in it. It was awesome. Bro, that was so good. But I, and, and see, that's what I'm saying. That That's clear and present danger, right? But then you add the this effect in it, and all of a sudden it becomes their movie. Yeah. The Batman hat was basically seven, but it never stopped being seven. You know, the fact that there was a guy with a bat suit running around never changed it from that 
to me to anything else other than just a, a you know a you know a thriller about right. a, a serial killer and somebody's trying to catch him. That's all that was. That wasn't a Batman movie. Like I don't know. To me, yeah, the best thing about that movie was the Penguin. It took me four days to watch that one. <laughs> I was like, I had it to was, muscle it, through. It, it, I was like, it was, I was like it what was, is this? Love story. It, it, it was it, tough. Abandonment story. It's a serial it was, killer story. What is it? And now that I think the cat, I don't know if they were trying to do something with Catwoman. That that's being scrapped. Like they just they just don't know what they're doing with their no. movies. They they no, don't know. They uh, they want to no. they want to bring Ben Affleck back, and they they filmed a scene with Aquaman in it for Aquaman two to bring him back. Why? Like where where's the direction, bro? Where where are you going? Where are you going with this? They're trying to figure. You know, they're trying to get the magic that they have with like um you know Iron Man and uh, right all the, the Avengers. Yeah. I mean, they just can't figure out the magic. And yeah. I think it's because it's force fed. You can't yeah. force feed. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Marvel are more self aware of their talent. Is crossing the Spider Man DC have too many part stories that won't cross. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. And they and they can't figure out how to make them cross. Like they can't figure it out because they rush everything. They're like, oh my God, the Avengers are coming out. We gotta come out with uh we gotta come out with the with the Justice League. But there was no build-up to the Justice League. It was just, it was just, you know, Superman. Oh, Superman versus Batman. Oh, now Justice League. It was like, what are you guys doing, bro? Like I love the crossover between Iron Man and Spider-Man. I love those things, the little plays on how he's mentoring him, Peter Parker and all. I mean, that's that's good storytelling. I think that, that I think with uh, what's happening at DC is and which doesn't make sense. somebody's trying to get out, bro. He's trying. He's trying to make it. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He's just he's <laughs> pain in my keister. He's like, yo, um, my man, get me out. He's like, Liberta, Liberta, Liberta. He's like, help! I've been kidnapped. <laughs> yo, he like freaking scratching the crap out that door. Yo, but anyway, turned everything up. But uh, you know, I think. <clears throat> I think that whoever they bring in the helm, he's got to be, he's got to be able to say, bring all the creatives in the room, you know, bring whatever directors and producers he has at his disposal and his, and the creative team behind the iconic brands and bring them in a the room and say, all right, throw everything on the board. What's worked, what hasn't worked and, and just do like a pie chart. Why hasn't it worked? Blah, 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 blah. Where do we want to land? And then come to a consensus and then say, all right, now what do we need to do to make this work? Yeah. That's what you have to have the collective in the room. It has to can't just be, you know, top down, heavy handed. This is the way it's going to be. And that's it. That the public is saying we don't have enough zebras. We need to have 10 zebras. The collective, whatever it is, stop that. Stay true to the characters, create true to the universe. You want to appease the public, create a new character, right? You don't you don't have to change Superman and well, change yeah. Spider-Man and change everybody's identity and the and the gender and all these things. Come up with a new character. The reason why Black Panther worked because Black Panther was true to Black Panther. They, they, they added all these elements. It was no one's ever seen anything like this before. It was grand scale. It was beautiful. Yeah. Stay true to the characters and stop acting up. What's the matter with you people? You're giving, me, you're giving me Ajna. Bro, go, you, go, go back to 1998. Go back yeah. to 1998. Blade. I'm going to let him out. Yeah, go for it. Blade, 1998. They brought that, that thing right there. Brought everything. I mean, it saved Marvel, basically. Blade and and we I don't think we talk enough about what that movie did back in '98 for Marvel Comics. Blade was something that we had never seen before, and oh, it, was it was on the screen. And here it is, and they were dark and gritty with it, but it was fresh. It was new. It was like holy, this was a this was a comic. Holy cow! And it saved it saved them. And well, it started, a lot of it had to do it with Wesley Snipe. It was the right character too. Oh, Wesley. Wesley was the man in that movie. Wesley yeah. was so good in that movie. And so and so they did that. They never changed the character. Blade was Blade. Played by a black actor. And they kept it real. They didn't change it. They didn't appease it. They didn't make it any different. And I think that that's what you have to do. You have to work within those within what you're doing with your characters. And that, yeah. that, that goes back yeah. to, the, to what we were talking about. We were going to talk about with the, with the topic for today was that. Was, yeah. you know, should you change your character to basically appease or, you know, or go yeah. with the trend? Because that's the trending conversation on a lot of podcasts out there, right? So they're looking at the movement, right? The movement is, what are some of the top-selling Kickstarters there? A lot of it have to do with scantily clad characters, a lot of female characters, boob shots, all these other stuff. And they're getting all the... Yeah, they're all getting all these pinup artists to do all these sexy, you know, whatever. And people are changing some of the dynamics of their, their story to try to drive in traffic. And I think that's what's happening in Hollywood. And that's why, that's why things fail. Because you might have that initial shock factor but that shock factor wears off because it's like well you know this uh it was it was good but it's not, it's not sustainable 
And I think, you know, so, you know, at what point do you just say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, stay true to what I've set out to do, you know, hell or high water, whatever comes with it, comes with it. But at least, you know, I've stood true to my character. Um, you know, do you compromise everything to try to make a dollar or to try to appease an audience? Yeah, no, that that is the question. Do you change? Do you do you compromise it? Do you change it up, um, or do you just go and create a scantily clad, you know, female to to sell the book to sell your right. books? I, I don't know. Do you change? You know, for example, do I throw? Uh, you know, do I change Wonder Duck and throw? You know, uh, you know, make 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 yeah, make them make them a female duck and and do my thing with it, or do I just create another character? that I can do that with, you know, yeah. I, I, to me, I think the answer is always just create something new. Yes. If you, if you, if you, if you want to, if you want to catch that trend and that's what you want to do, then create something for that trend. I don't think you should change your character right. to match that trend. Keep, right. keep it real. I mean, your character's your character. Keep that character the way it is. There's no reason to change it from male to female or, or, you know, black to white or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't think there's any reason to change characters like that. I have a big problem with that. I, I, I don't like the fact that, you know, character genders or character races are, are changed. And I'm Hispanic, man. Like, it, it, you want to give me a Hispanic character? Create a Hispanic character for me. Don't yes. don't change. Don't make the Blue Beetle Hispanic just because. Unless, unless and I, listen, and that, that's maybe my ignorance because I don't know. Why is, it, why, is it, why is a Hispanic guy got to be a bug? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> And you gotta be a blue bug. Now, I don't know if the comic, if in the comic he was always uh, a Hispanic character. I don't know. And if that's the case, all right, cool, we got one. But as far as as far as like maybe changing Spider Man or Superman or whatever the big names like those guys, and just say, oh, they're in an alternate universe, so we're gonna you, now they're now they're this. This is this is I think what I think what creators have to do is what. Um, um, damn it! Why you get well, I, see? This is that that I gotta take more vitamins because my memory. Medea, <laughs> um, 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 the creative Medea. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name there. I keep forgetting names. I don't know why. But anyway, so here's what happens. He didn't go and say and start crying and whining over the industry. He knew that there were some opportunities in the industry for representation. So what he did was he built That's his true. brand. He built his own studio. He right? so he had, he has one of the biggest studios in Atlanta, in Georgia. Right. And the biggest lots. And he makes his own films and he produces a lot of TV shows, whatever. He says, I'm not going to complain and try to force them to change dynamics of existing IPs. I'm going to create my own IPs and I'm going to create and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make sure that I'm, I do my part to try to fill that void. Yeah. Instead of complaining about it. He knows that this is that that's the thing you have to do. I think so if you if there is. A, a trend that 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 uh, that you want to be a part of don't change your character exactly what george said come up with a new ip right if you right. want to be able to capitalize on a movement you know for the time yeah, because everything's it. cyclical everything's trendy right so you know right and right you want to ride that wave ride the wave but don't compromise what you've set out to do just for the sake of a quick buck you know maybe create something new it might motivate you to create a different you know something different um um but don't sit back and, and point fingers at it you know you either be part of the movement or don't be part of the movement you make your choice but uh, my my only suggestion is don't compromise your character yeah no and you're right and and he has his own studio in atlanta he he hires you know he hires minorities his cast are most mostly that and and, and he's done very well for himself doing yeah. just that because there is a market for everything i mean i think that there's a huge market because now these stories are told from the point of view of of of, of a specific cult a specific culture, culture yeah. and so now people can relate to it and they're like oh i can i, I like that i like that I, I like you know that i'm being represented on screen and it's a real representation it's a fair representation by somebody who understands um, the culture, Tyler and, Perry, and Tyler Perry, and and I agree with that hundred percent. I, I yeah. agree with with doing it that way. Spike Lee did it like that back in the eighties when yeah. he was making his movies, and he gave That's rise it. to Denzel and, and Halle Berry yeah. and those actors. Right? He gave he gave them an opportunity to show that showcase their talents, and now they're big movie stars. Right? Yeah. So I think we need to keep doing stuff like that. Well, like as a Hispanic culture. And the thing with the Hispanic culture is that there's so many subcultures within the culture. It's one big culture, I, I should say. There are different, you know, nations within that culture, right? So Puerto Ricans and Ecuadorians. Oh. And we all we all have we all have our own little like food. We eat we eat different foods we eat, the way we speak and stuff like that. So I think we all need representation in that way, but keep it 
make it make it real you know like don't just say okay you know what be about it don't talk I, about it I, i've been around <laughs> puerto ricans enough to know how they act and let me just create a puerto rican character when i i, I have no idea i never grew up in a puerto rican household i have really? no idea what that is like i can't i can't tell that story yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent because because that person or that collective is a byproduct of the environment that they're in but if you go to another state or another city and another community, it's going to be a lot different. There's going to be a lot of similarities with regards to food and, and taste, but dialect might be different, right? You know, um, uh, status might be different, all these things. So you can't just put it all in one box and say, oh, I know it because I've been in the Bronx. And I see right. No, absolutely. Get, everything based on the environment and, and, uh, yeah. and, and, the, uh, and the experiences that the individual or individuals had. You know, so I think what happens is if you're, if you're going to tell a story, make sure that you're telling it from firsthand experience. Right. Um, or, firsthand. Or, or, or do a ton of research. Yeah. Do tons of research where you, you almost, you understand it a hundred percent. We're going back to the, the, to the, to the guests we had on yesterday. They've done so much research for their story mm -hmm. that it looks like they were actually in those locations where they're telling the story mm -hmm. from. I'm from an Irish family and use the folklore and fables in my stories. I grew up with it and want to share it with people. See, that's what I'm saying. You bring it and now you're, you're, you're giving people an insight into that, into that, culture and you're like oh wow and it's it's authentic it's authentic i think it's about authenticity you got to yeah. be authentic and, and that's what i think genuine I, th I think that that's what's missing when you try to just you know do something for the sake of oh we need more representation in this so let's make superman you know you know puerto rican let's make superman you know ecuadorian let's make superman it's like cool but I, since I ever since I was a kid, Superman's an alien. You know what I mean? From and and he landed in Kansas, and he grew up with you know uh, white farmers, and that's okay. It's a great story because it's I no problem story. with it. I have no. Problem I think every kid still, wanted to be black, white, Chinese. We all wanted to be Superman because because you know what I what I what I saw there was the story about an immigrant. That's what I saw. This is a person who came from a whole different planet to this planet, and now has to assimilate to this planet. And I just saw him that being that guy different. Can fly. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. But see what I'm saying? Like, we all see different things yes. when we when we look at that. And if I wanted to look, but what I'm saying is I saw beyond the race. I saw beyond the color. I just oh, yeah, saw yeah. his struggles. What did Superman struggle with? He was stronger than everybody else. He can't play sports because he killed the kids playing. He was playing sports. He can't play football. Imagine getting tackled by Superman on the on the field. He can't do it. So he's got to be so he's different, which is why I love Smallville. When 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 Smallville oh, I came Smallville. out, yeah, I loved Smallville. The yeah. way they the way they did that story and that and and we were we were bashing DC before. What DC has done very well, did very well, was their animations. Their animations were amazing, and their TV and for, series and their TV series were amazing. Like, but when it came to the to the to the Big films, screen. disconnect, just disconnect, a hundred percent disconnect. I tell you that one of the biggest mistakes they ever made was casting Brandon Routh as the new Superman when you had Tom Welling who played who played Clark Kent for like 10 years on TV and not moving him to the big screen and saying here's your Superman. You know how yeah. many people would have gone to the movies to yep. see him be Superman because that's what we wanted to see was him in that suit and they and they missed that opportunity or oh, we're going to cast a, an unknown because that's what they did with 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 uh with Christopher Reeves back in the 70s. Are you kidding me, bro? Uh. Just Tom Wellington is Superman. Just put him in that suit. Let's let's make this movie. You know what I mean? Like missed opportunities, and they've been doing that for a long time, DC. Uh, but it's because again, and I think it's and in in, in in comics, you know, it's the constant just trying to trying to trying to to appease you know whatever's happening right now, and and, and trying to fit in with that. And it's like well, DC dude, comics. If they, if they were at Showtime at the Apollo, they'd be they'd be taken off with the cane. Um, Brandon Routh was really channeled his Christopher Reeves, however. Did he though? I, I don't know, Mark. I don't know if I, I, I did. I never liked Brandon. <laughs> I did it. I did. I, I listen. And that movie had so much potential. It had they used the, the soundtrack from from the thing. I just, I, I don't know that I that I don't know. I, I how's Brandon, that series? How's that series? Lo, uh, Lois and Clark or the new? Oh, one? I you know what? I stopped watching it. I I, I was watching it. For I've a never while. seen that. I seen the guy. I was like, hey, he doesn't look like Superman to me. But I was like, you know, um. I was like, all right, I, 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 it's on my roster to one day watch it, but I haven't yeah. seen it yet. It was it was an interesting take on uh, on Superman, you know, with Lois having kids and their kids going through it. It was an interesting take. It was an interesting take. But uh, but Mark, so question for you though: Would you have liked to see Tom Welling? The, I don't know if you watched 
um, Smallville, but would you have liked to watch uh, Tom Welling uh, as as Superman? I don't know, because I, 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 I wanted to. I wanted to watch him in that movie, um, and I feel like they failed in in, in that sense. But um, but yeah, brother, that's uh, that that's that's I think that's what we got for today. Yeah, it's very very animated. Very <laughs> animated. Someone's animated. very passionate about DC acting up. Passionate. Passionate. What's it? Mark saying something. What do you say? What Mark say? Was not a Tom Willing fan. Ah, okay. Oh, there right. you go. All right. All right. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. So you might not have gone to see. <laughs> Yo, you might have not gone to see. I enjoyed movie. Smallville. I don't. I don't know. I, I did. Like, yeah. I, I like Smallville too, yeah. man. I like Smallville yeah. too. I did. I really did. And, um, and that's the. And, but that goes back to what ha- typecasting, right? When they say, "Oh, well, somebody in that room said, well, you know, he's small screen. We need. We need. We need a bigger name for the I big know. screen, or I we know. need this." Um, right or, or maybe or maybe he wanted too much money maybe it was contracts i i don't know imagine michael yo dude yeah i was just gonna say that lex luther his lex luther off the hook off yeah. the hook and and the, i didn't even mind that they made him friends <laughs> you know what i mean you know they made him it kind added, of friends and then it added, it added to that whole mystique right. because what is the most painful thing betrayal right or right. Where, where where you love yes. somebody but you know yes. you have to stop them Right, yes. that is that's great storytelling, and and right. I think that's where they missed the boat. Yeah, they, yeah, know. they missed it, bro. He he should. I don't even know why. What's his name that played Lex Luthor in that movie? Um, God, he was in the Social Network. We're both bad with names. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, he played uh, terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry, terrible, terrible. Uh, Lex, you know, terrible. I, I I didn't like him. You know, he said Michael Brown, so underrated. He does. He is underrated. Absolutely, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's the disconnect, and I think whoever comes in, they got to understand why are we successful in in this arena in film and TV, in TV, but we struggle in this arena because Lefty is not talking to writing knuckleheads. You know, Word. you guys got to start talking to each other and 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 bring everybody into the room. And yes. uh, and, and if it works, if you have that magic, drive that well. You know, suck it up until every last drop is out of that well. You ride that wave, you know, until right. it comes to shore. And they're yeah. not doing it. They're trying to create a new wave every time. I said, you know, ride the wave. Just enjoy ride the wave. Ride it, bro. Ride it. Let's go. Let's the do it. The public has spoken. If, if yeah. the TV is successful, they will follow you to the screen. Yo, Flash was so... Flash, I mean, from what I understand, is a very successful show. Why not bring... Why not make that Flash bring him into the into the movies rather than Ezra and you probably wouldn't have had all these problems that you're having with this knucklehead going crazy you know terrorizing Hawaii at the moment like you know what I mean like they they, they just they just make so many mistakes what did Aniba say in an old Superman story uh in cartoons Clark and Lex were originally friends all right so they brought that back remember Marvel's Marvel owned by Disney now but DC's always Warner Brothers and, that's and I the think problem. and I think that's and that says it all right there that Biggest says it problem. all right there yep yeah. yep hey by the way for those watching I don't want I don't want anybody to forget Mark Torres has a show called it came from the radio but Mark Torres also has a Kickstarter right now for his book that was like 30 years in the making called designated designated is on and Kickstarter right now please make sure that you check that out on Kickstarter Give it a pledge. Um, I did the letters for the book, so make sure you check that out and uh, support our friend Mark Torres. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks talking more about it, but if you haven't done so yet, go to Kickstarter. Check out Designated uh, right on Kickstarter and give it a pledge today. Word. But yeah, my friend, anyway, I'm going to have to get back to work. Uh, But yeah, dude, this was fun. This was was a fantastical episode. Um, I I enjoyed the conversation. If you enjoyed the conversation, give us a thumbs up. If you're watching us on Twitch and Facebook, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, thank you all for your uh, wonderful engagement. Um, that's why we do the show. Um, this is a really good conversation. Um, I'm enjoying this. What's this? Yeah, that's what he said. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, we do have we have four shows next week. A couple of them are live. We have uh, some pre-recorded shows down the pike. I have an interesting conversation, a show that's coming up in September that I did with oh, yeah. a, uh, with a, a businessman from Costa Rica. He relocated all Costa Rica, started his own business out there, um, runs an empire out there. And uh, so I wanted to come and talk. So we had a nice, fascinating interview that's going to air um, in, at the in September. So uh, yeah, I'm looking September. forward to that, playing that, something new for the show. Um, you, so we're attracting audience a diverse audience which is fantastic yeah that's awesome um, that's awesome and yeah and, and next week we're going to have rodney pike on the show for the live show yes. on wednesday at seven o'clock p.m yes. um, roadkill rampage Eastern standard time yep and we're also going to have uh sebastian bonet 
from yes. the Nerds of the Round next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. uh, to him about his book, uh, Concrete Combat, which he's going to be bringing out. He's got a Patreon. So uh, make sure you check those shows out yes. next week. Yes. And if you haven't done so already, help the algorithm work. Um, let's sign up for this. Nailing My Toilet issue number three. We're at 16 followers so far. Can we get to 100 before we launch on the 20th? Your support helps the algorithms work in my favor and moves duty up in the ranking. So sign up today and there's something free when you do sign up. I'll send you this digital print of Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. Just send me, uh, just let me know that you signed up and I'll send it to you. Um, did you say, did you say Cthulhu? Cthulhu. <laughs> Stop back there. I'm trying to bypass that. Cthulhu, <laughs> bro. Oh, snap. Cheers, Paul. <laughs> Did you just leave? What the hell just happened? Oh, my God. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we will be live uh, again next week. And we do have a show tomorrow. What the hell happened to you? And- kick myself out um yeah no we have a show tomorrow so make sure you check that out yeah, on the, on the show and let us know what you think about the topics we we, we talked about today Word. you know put it in the comments below do you agree disagree what do you think is going on with dc do you agree that you should create your own characters rather than change gender sex color whatever uh to appease whatever is going on today you know healthy conversation you know no, no opinion is wrong so just throw it in there and uh, let us know what you think yeah, so thank you all for joining us this morning. Every single one of you, are, uh, you know, Mark and Anibal and Jerry and Keith and uh, Paul and, and Seabass and uh, Aurelis and um, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Uh, yes, we appreciate every single one of you. I'm Sam the Crazy Man Vera. George the Dreamer Medina. And we Peace. are out. <laughs>